it's my desire this morning that that the entrance of God's word can give us light. Uh, Again, as we look at uh, our message from the book of Galatians. Four weeks ago, I spoke to you on our freedom to do what we ought to do. I took as my text Galatians chapter 5 and verses 13 through 18. I'm actually this morning uh, going to take another run at the same text. And I'm going to attempt to expound on it from a little bit different angle. The title of my message this morning is Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This is Galatians chapter 5 and verse 17. The theme for my message is from verse 1, where it speaks of the liberty wherewith Christ has set us free. I would like to read the text Um, before we continue on looking at it. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, and I'm again going to begin by reading verse 1, verse 13, and then verses um, uh, 15 through 18. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, And be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. For, brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. This I say then, verse 16, this I say then, walk in the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. In, in verse 1, Chapter 5, Paul uses the word liberty, which is synonymous to freedom. Paul uses the word liberty as a noun and as a verb. J. Stidlow Baxter, in his overview of this passage, says that by doing so, Paul is emphasizing the completeness of our freedom in Christ. This freedom has to do with us being set free from our sinful propensities. As Paul explains it here in verses 16 through 18, where he speaks of being free from the, the, the lust of the flesh. 
So the way to be, to stand steadfast in the freedom wherewith Christ has set us free is number one, to keep on trusting in Christ as our personal Savior, trusting in Christ for our salvation. There is no other way to experience salvation except through trusting in Jesus Christ. So we must keep on trusting in Christ as our salvation. And as has been emphasized here in the book of Galatians, not turn to the law as the basis of our justification, which is what the Judaizers were attempting to get the believers in Galatians to do. So the, uh, the, the first thing the, uh, in, in uh, experiencing and standing steadfast in the freedom wherewith Christ has set us free is to keep trusting in Christ as our salvation. And secondly, we need to know what it means to walk in the Spirit, as it tells us here in verse 16. For this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This uh, phrase, to walk in the Spirit, is an interesting phrase. And Paul elaborates on the phrase Further, in, uh, here in Galatians, uh, he defines and explains it by four different similar phrases. In verse 18, it talks about being led of the Spirit. In chapter 5, verse 25, it speaks about keeping in step with the Spirit. And, and the way that comes through is that the word walk in verse 25 is different than it is in, in verse 16. And it means to keep in step with the Spirit. Thirdly, you have in verse 5 and verse 25 also the, uh, the phrase given to us, to live by the Spirit. And in, in chapter 6 and verse 8, it talks, it admonishes us to sow in the Spirit. So this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That is my basic thrust that I want to focus on today. A concept that will help us understand the text here in Galatians 5, and especially verses 16 through 18, is the, the concept that Christian liberty, freedom in Christ, is always a freedom under control. Uh, this uh, concept I gleaned from reading R.C. Lenski's exposition of this text. Christian liberty, Lenski says, and I quote, 
remains liberty only when it is under control. Otherwise, it becomes license which runs wild, end of quote. In other words, true freedom in Christ is not to do it a bit, not to do as you please, or living without constraints, or living an unrestrained life. As I said two weeks ago, or four weeks ago, that freedom in Christ is not to live as I choose, but the ability, the power, to do what I ought to do. So according to the text here in Galatians 5, true freedom in Christ is to be under the control of two things in this text, in the broader text. In verses 13 and 14, it talks to us about love. And so true freedom in Christ is to be under the control of love, a love that will cause you to love your neighbor, that will cause you to serve one another. So the control of love is very important in our, in, our, uh, in our freedom in Christ. Secondly, the control of the Holy Spirit. And this is what it really means by, by walking in the Spirit, to be under the con- control of the Holy Spirit. So verse 16 tells us to walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. One of the things it means to walk in the spirit is to mind the spirit. To give ourselves over to the control of the indwelling spirit of God. Which we had as a result of our faith in Christ. Verses 16 and 18 then, uh, which is the, the focus of my message this morning, gives us the divine directive as to how to live a life of freedom, freedom over the lust of the flesh. I would just point out uh, here that the, the word lust here is a very strong driving word. And, and it's interesting that, uh, I don't know, this is the only time that it, it re- uses the word lust as uh, to designate the desires of the spirit. But Paul says, this I say then, Walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit lusteth. That's the implication here. The spirit lusteth against the flesh. The word lust here is simply the word 
desire, uh, the the flesh lusteth. It it, uh, it 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 its desire is against the spirit, and the spirit lusteth against the flesh. Has a strong gives you a strong driving desire to to follow after the spirit. And he goes on to say that these are contrary the one to the other, and we understand that. Uh, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Uh, we, first of all here this morning, we, we need to understand the meaning of the term flesh as used here in this text. Um, the word flesh is used 17 times in the book of Galatians. And it, it predominantly uh, is used in a figurative way. Uh, and by that I mean it's not talking about <laughs> this flesh, this, not even necessarily talking about this physical body, although our physical body uh, experiences and, and can, can experience the lust of the flesh. But when he talks about flesh here, he's, he's, he's using it figuratively. Uh, and the, in, in the context in which the word is used determines the meaning of the words. Here in chapter 5, It is uniquely used six times to speak of that sinful, fallen, unregenerate element of human nature uh, with which we were born with. Romans chapter 6 and verse 6 refers to it as the body of sin. Um, often referred to by theologians as our sin nature. In other words, that, with, that nature with which we were born that, that uh, draws us to, to sin and a sinful lifestyle. It's what I am designated as our sinful propensities. Uh, our sinful drives, um, that which uh, causes us to sin. There are three implications found in verses 16, 17, and 18 that I would like to look at. First of all, uh, let me say it this way. As Christians, the first implication is that as Christians, as those who are justified by faith in Christ, who, we who are believers who have trusted in Christ for our salvation, 
May I say, those of us who have been born again by the Spirit of God still have to do with the, the, the lust and the desires of the flesh. Um, yes, we have been made partakers of a new divine nature, as Peter tells us in first, Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. But we still have to deal with the flesh. We understand that. And the desires of the flesh. And, 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 and Paul is going to, in verse 19, uh, is going to tell us how the desires of the flesh express themselves. But we still, as those who have been made right with God through faith in Christ, we still <coughs> have to deal with the desires and the, what he here calls the, the lust of the flesh. Yes, we're on the way to heaven. <laughs> we're on the narrow road that ends in the celestial city, but we're still within calling distance, may I say, of the flesh. Uh, uh, do we understand that? We, we, we do understand that, I presume. Um, and so, uh, so we, we, we need to understand that. Secondly, and the second implication from verses 16, 17, and 18, is that the life, that the Christian life is a conflict. It's a battle. Um, and... And, and not a walk in the park. Um, that verse 17 describes that conflict. It describes that battle when he says, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary. Here's the conflict. These are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. So yes, there is a conflict. I testified to you this morning that this conflict between the flesh and the spirit in us persists into old age. A, a North American Indian said it's like two dogs fighting inside of me. And the one I say sick them to wins. <laughs> That's uh, a, a simple explanation. But, uh, but it, it, it holds true to us. 
There's a conflict between the spirit and the flesh. The non-Christian does not have that conflict between spirit and flesh. He only has the flesh. He only has the desires of the flesh coming through in his life. But those of us who have been born again by the Spirit of God with a new nature, we have a conflict, we experience a conflict between the spirit and the flesh. Um, I'd like to hear an amen about that, so to see if, if, you're on, if we're on the same page with, <laughs> in relation to this matter. <clears throat> but you can talk to me later uh, if you wish about that. It's because of this conflict that Paul keeps saying in other passages, such as Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24, and Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 and 10, where he keeps saying, put off then the old man. And, and the implication is, keep putting off the old man with his deeds. Uh, and keep putting on the new man. Uh, which is created in the image of him who has called us. Continue to say no to the flesh and yes to the desires of the spirit. Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11 and 12, follow after, keep following after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. There you have it. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold, keep laying hold on eternal life wherewith, whereunto you are called. And so the, the Christian life is a conflict. We experience that conflict as the, uh, because of the, uh, the desires of the spirit and the desires of the flesh. Well, there's a, um, there, there's a, a third implication uh, concerning walking in the spirit, and, and Paul uh, touches on it in verse, at the end of, Verse 17, when it says, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Um, if you walk after the Spirit, <coughs> if you walk in the Spirit, if you keep in step with the Spirit, if you are led of the Spirit, This means that one can't do the things that uh, can do uh, as one places, necessarily. So that you cannot do the things that you would. What I hear Paul saying is, if you want to win the battle against the flesh, you, you cannot you must not 
go down the path of least resistance. You must not live as you please. You must be intentional about walking in the Spirit. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. <clears throat> Finally, I'll look at verse 18 <coughs> this morning when he says, But if ye be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. At first glance, uh, verse 18 seems to be sort of an afterthought. But in a sense, uh, verse 18 summarizes verses 16 and 17. Furthermore, verse 18 connects us to the overall theme of the book of Galatians. Um, and the question we need to ask as we look at verse 18 is, what does it mean to be under the law? Um, well, to be under the law is to be under the jurisdiction of the law. To attempt to live my life by the dictates of the law. To be under the law is to be under the, the force, under the power of the law, including being under the judgment and the condemnation of the law. The spiritual logic and implication here is the same as you have in Romans chapter 6 and verse 14. And, and this is what Paul says in Romans chapter 6 and verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you because you are, what? Not under the law, but under grace. It seems to me that Paul is saying that when you are under the law, uh, sin has dominion over you. Think it through. When we are under the dominion of sin, we're under the law. We're attempting to live our lives by the dictates of the law rather than by the, the impulsion of grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. It works something like this. One morning I get up and I read from Exodus chapter 20 and verse 17, which says, which says thou shalt not covet. In, in essence, he goes on to say, this means that I should have no evil desires 
I should not lust after my neighbor's wife, my neighbor's wealth, or my neighbor's sinful lifestyle. So I go into my day saying to myself, today I'm not going to have any evil desires. Have you ever done that? I'm not going to lust. Uh, and, and you know what? By focusing on this, my lust is stimulated. Um, you know what I mean? But if you get up in the morning and read Exodus 20, verse 17, and I pray, Lord, empower me by the Holy Spirit not to lust, but to love my neighbor as myself, then I find myself to be empowered and freed from the grip of my evil desires. It is indeed ironic that the law which was given to show us what sin is, when it is used as a means to justify us and as a means to set us free from sin, actually leads to bondage and binds us to sin. That's what I hear Paul saying here in verse 18. When, when, he, when, when Paul says, if you are led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Um, to be under the law is to be unable to control the lusts of the flesh. Someone has used the illustration from Pilgrim's Progress to, to uh, illustrate this. After Pilgrim enters the gate that puts him on the way to the celestial city, the first thing he is brought to is he is brought to the interpreter's house. There he enters a room where dust covers everything. A girl comes into the room with a broom and starts to sweep. The sweeping stirs up the dust, and soon everybody in the room, including Pilgrim, is gagging and coughing desperately because the dust has been stirred up. The interpreter explains the meaning of, of, of the dust in the room. He said, the dust is the sinner's sin nature and his inward corruption. She who sweeps represents the law. All the law could do was stir up the dust <laughs> and could not rid pilgrim of the big, heavy pack sack of sin attached to his back. It is after Pilgrim 
left the interpreter's house, he sets, he's, that he sees a cross across the ravine. As he stands there, and as he stands there and gazes and contemplates the cross, his backpack of sin drops off of his back, rolls down into the ravine into an open tomb. Isn't that an interesting picture of what happens through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ and not through the law? This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In conclusion, let me say that the big lesson for today is walking in the spirit, which sets us free from the lust of the flesh. This I say then, walk in the spirit. That's the answer to the lust of the flesh. And you shall not walk in the lust of the flesh. God bless you as you do that this week. And, and, and stand in the freedom for with Christ has set us free. Let's stand. I want to thank you, Lord, for the, the great gift of salvation that we have as a result of Trusting in Jesus Christ, your son. It's the gift of eternal life. I want to thank you for the gift of freedom. That we can be free from our natural inclinations to sin. Thank you that we can be free from the lust of the flesh as we walk in the power of your spirit, as we experience your grace in our lives. So Lord, as we go from here, I pray that you would enable each one of us to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.